Thanks for listening to the Drummer's Weekly Groovecast. You can contact the show at twitter.com forward slash dwgroovecast and through Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Drummer's Weekly Groovecast. Good evening. I am warning you right now, if you touch my drums, I will stab you in the neck with a knife. Ain't a fucking. <laughs> Ain't a fucking. Mom! Lower it. I'm not gonna lower it. I have to do this now. I don't want you playing it, but lower it. We get straight now? No, we had a problem. I mean, uh, we tried to do everything we could. What do you mean? Well, you know what I mean. Nice. Little trouble there. You're rushing. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Yeah! Man, it seems like it's been like six months since we did like a Phil and John show. We've neglected ourselves, have we not? It's time to get self-indulgent. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you could put it that way. <laughs> when you have these opportunities that kind of just present themselves, you have to jump on it. No doubt. And we had the opportunity to have a couple of very cool guests that kind of went back to back. So you got to jump on that thing from time to time, right? I enjoyed it immensely, so Sh- should, no big deal. Should we talk about the, I guess you might call them the spoils of our gig here real quick as far as like we got one really cool thing happening and, and probably most of the listeners have seen some of our pictures from our uh, Lee Falco our day of Falco, <laughs> or, or, or our days of Fagan and Falco, uh, that uh, Lee was such great guy, such great cat, that he hooked us up with free tickets, and we got to go backstage and hang out with everybody on the day of the show. So, you know, hard to turn that kind of stuff down, isn't it? I love it. That was really, really generous of him. And uh, it is it is a perk, man. It's nice to have that kind of thing. And a lot of us in the business get those little hookups from time to time. And I never take them for granted, man. I love it. I feel like that topic's going to come up again here in a little while. It might. Because it certainly is a perk. No question. Yeah. Hey, before I uh, before we go on, I want to give some shout-outs and prayers to our brethren in Houston and surrounding area. I know there's an enormous amount of musicians in that city. Yeah. It's very, you know, it's a huge city and a lot of great musical history. So there's inevitably a lot of misplaced, displaced uh, fellow musicians. And, you know, even, even, sadder is a lot of people from new orleans ended up there that's true so it's sort of like man what in the world like this curse of water and all that but nonetheless um it's been on my mind and i know the challenges are nothing we can comprehend when it comes to just day-to-day survival but let alone you know loss of work loss of gear all these things man we're just I'm, I, it's been heavy on my heart to uh, be thinking and praying for those people 
and I hope everyone else is doing the same. I know you are, Phil. Yeah, I mean, fortu- fortunately uh, for for myself, I I have never had to deal with something of that magnitude, that style of like catastrophic flooding. I mean, that type thing, it just, there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, talk about a feeling of helplessness and, and just a complete and total path of ruin. What do you, what do you do when you have that kind of flooding? The only thing you can do survive. Is, is survive. And then if you do come back, you pretty much have to just rebuild. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much the end result. I mean, when you're talking about drums, I know that's without question yeah. going to be the, the case. And, uh, you know, that's maybe something that we all could think about. Uh, I know I've seen a couple people that have sort of got the uh, donation uh, thing in line, and uh, George Lawrence in Nashville is one that is kind of spearheading some of that. Maybe some gear. You know, we find right. out. We try to find out who in Houston might need some stuff, and we could all contribute some things. That could be that could be a cool thing. Uh, I, I I think we got to have a game plan if we do that, but I I do too, and I've already been contacted about from a, a person or two talking about wanting to do some sort of a benefit yeah, type thing. Awesome. So could be a good thing to get involved with, but I think you're right also that you know kind of got to get a game plan together and figure out how the whole thing's going to fit and how the money or the proceeds get to the right place at the right time. That's very right. important. Nonetheless. You know, prayers and 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 comfort to all of those affected. Really, uh, like you said, I, I I can't comprehend that. It's incomprehensible, but, man. I mean, just imagine, like we're sitting here in in my house right now. Imagine putting yourself in the position of some of those pictures that we've seen, where people are sitting in their house up to their waist in water. It's mind blowing mind-blowing man i mean we're getting some remnants of that hurricane i mean as we record right now which if you guys do hear some thunder and stuff in the background that's exactly what it is dark and ominous it is dark and ominous and and for the and we're going to use a euphemism here it's just sloppy here but i mean no flooding thankfully that type thing you know the challenge is that our friends in Houston and New Orleans and coastal cities and mm-hmm. some of the tornadoes we see and all that, you know, I mean, that, that, uh, talk about dark and ominous, ominous. That's, uh, that's something that we kind of came up with some, uh, thoughts on that by way of our circles and profession and circle of friends and dark and ominous, <laughs> can be kind well, of a a standard mindset standard mode our, of operation yes yeah, so <laughs> many of us hmm. battle that from time to time and I, I certainly own my my uh participation in that from from time to time As a matter of fact right now i'm in a, se- a season where i'm a little bit funky about some things but it but i all that to say man i i, I kind of we kind of fell into this just chatting, but, um, you know, maybe we need to, a lot of times on this show, we'll talk about the challenges or the frustrations and the things that are really annoying and, and put us in bad moods and all that. But 
Maybe we need to turn the tables, Phil. Oh, well, we absolutely do. We we have dedicated entire shows to the pitfalls and the bad things and, and, you know, helping people cope with that kind of stuff. We've had shows where we've talked about, very first shows, matter of fact, we've talked about stage bullies. We've talked about dealing with egos, including your own egos, mm-hmm. dealing with critics, dealing with burnout, financial issues that just come with the the profession that we're in just dealing with bad playing conditions and so on that type stuff and and those are valid things to talk about and people people do need to have some advice on how to deal with it but you're right we we never really have spent a whole lot of time talking about the perks of our job or why we love doing what we do and haven't stopped haven't given up right and and now's a good a time as any to extol the virtues and why we love doing what we do and if people could see our outline of what the ideas that we came up with they would see why we love doing it and we're going to of course talk about it in general yeah. but, but I, I need mean, to talk about it that this is this couldn't be better timing so that 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 in itself gives me uh, a lot of energy as far as well chatting about this the, the positives. There are some extremely logical reasons and some things that people are just going to go, well, no, duh. And then there's some they're going to be that are just kind of subtle things. Mm-hmm. And sometimes verbalizing both of these make it more real. Right. That's true. I, I almost kind of look at this right now, and I'm just going to selfishly speak to it. Um, if you like hearing us talk about these positive things, that's awesome. But it, this is probably really more for me than than you, dear listener. This is therapy. But I, hope, I hope you get something out of it because right now is a, a a good time in my career where I need to kind of look at some positives and embrace them. So hang on, and if you don't like it. Maybe you're not interested in positives in general. Well, which we know a few people that that are that are, are not interested that have in already shut this show off. <laughs> <laughs> but ew, I need to take a shower. Yeah. This is gross. Positivity. But we we have we have had as we like to say our general therapy shows in the past where both of us have had our emotional breakdowns. We've also had a couple of guests that have gone down that path as well, you know, yeah. the, the therapy. But it's all good, man. I think it's 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 just the realness of us just sitting down and hanging out True. is what it is. But and, and 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 clearly if you had a friend that was, you know, struggling with something, this is exactly what you'd be doing. Yeah, absolutely. Hey man, you know, look, I know this is a struggle right now or this this is pissing you off or what have you, but man, check this out. You know, we gotta do this and and the other day you were able to, you know, have the time to finish this off and all kinds of great stuff like that. Once again, you circle back around to that whole concept of you don't even realize how many positive aspects are in your life and how many positive things are there daily. However, yet our reptile human minds have that tendency to latch on to the one or two things that you project onto of these negative things and it just craps all over all the other stuff go back to that i think we even talked about the review of a hotel exactly 40 glowing reviews and you're looking at that one guy who was pissed can I be selfish for one moment? Well, of course you can. This is this is our show. I, I clearly stated that. <laughs> um, this is for us. 
I don't want to break our arms patting ourselves on the back, but I want to make a point mm-hmm. that we have a whole big old pile, a whole host of five-star reviews on iTunes and on Stitcher. I mean numerous. And, and on virtually every uh, drum forum, all the, the, the big guys, we have just glowing praises of people who love what we do and promote the show and share posts and share retweets and send you know send us wonderful emails and messages and stuff but sure enough man i fell victim to the one negative post on a forum and Mm. i even called you about it i know you did and i just i'm like man it took every freaking ounce of strength to not just excoriate this guy and, and, and sure enough, also, it didn't take any more than a few hours. Some of our some of our power listeners came to our rescue and posted <laughs> right after somebody. Well, you know, talking about. So we we appreciate that. But that's just making my point that that we have a tendency, it calls we're humans, to take one or two negative things and just crap all over all the positive stuff. And that's what we want to do today is not crap on all over our positive stuff, but extol the positive virtues of why we love what we love to do. Right on. I know I know when we started this, there was a part of me that was definitely like, oh, God, I'm going to throw some opinions out there and someone's going to kick you in the teeth about it. And blah, well, they do. Whatever, but... you know. I, I know more than anything what got me through that was you know what my intentions are with this podcast which is more than anything is just giving back so i'm not really that concerned with someone not being but it nonetheless it stings hey you could go dark but uh, let's talk about some stuff that might make you forget about that absolutely well i kind of had the idea that what we would do is we'd kind of split our reasonings up. In other mm-hmm. words, the reasons why we like these things. We can talk about pure musical reasons, and then we can talk about just some personal reasons as well, because they, this whole thing crosses the gamut, and some of these actually kind of cross over into one another as right. well. And then, here we go, master of the obvious. The first one, when we talk about musical reasons, is we get to play music with friends and just like-minded people. Man, that is... That's what makes things click, you know, like you you gravitate towards people like just even if it's musical tastes, let alone mm-hmm. personalities and all that. And the things that last and the things that have any kind of tenure are like minded people that you like. And we've all been blessed beyond belief to have that. It's amazing because I want you, again, a lot of times this is the first one that we talk about and people are going, well, no, duh, you bunch of freaks. But, but I mean, think about it for a second. If you worked in virtually any other environment where you go into a job and you're sitting in an office or a cubicle next to somebody, they're there for just a job. The, the, the chances that they're going to have the same interests that you do Not. and the same passion toward that work that you do are virtually nil. Yeah. That that that's a good point. In 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 a lot of professions I could see that certainly being the case. And uh you know clearly that can't be the case in our profession. Yeah. 
Um, although we know a few people that are indifferent about music at this point. <laughs> well, a lot of times those folks don't last very long. Yeah, they're not the best to hang out with. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, like in that sense, I mean, talk about a blessing, man. I, I literally have played with my best friend for 35 years now. And oftentimes, like, our main gig is together. And he happens to be a bass player, which is to die for it's like man talk about the planets aligning on every level um that that's a i've gotten through many a gig just saying hey my pal's next to me and and, and i'm really in, appreciative of that more than this headache over here <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm, I'm just gonna huh. That could be that could be a, a, a loud monitor now. Come on. No, I was gonna say, can I start naming the names and, no. and then you you raise your hand whenever I get to the headache? No, <laughs> no, I will not participate in that. This is a show of light. It is, and something that sheds more light and provides more light than almost any other topic that our dear listeners like is gear and that's the next thing we want to talk about is how much fun and how much joy do we get in choosing our gear and being able to be fortunate enough to have some options to experiment with mm -hmm. and take on our gigs and our sessions man uh, clearly i am on board with that entire message um i i love gear i think about gear all the time <laughs> I do. man that sounds, sounds a little dirty a little kinky i mean <laughs> i mean i don't know i'm not turned on by it but I, I do i mean not all the time come on but i think about gear a lot yeah and i'm always trying to change and evolve and what makes the most sense and what what you know what tools do I want to have to be prepared for what's thrown at me? And and I, I and sometimes you're just influenced by a trend or, you know, what all it's all good. But man, gear that's a that's definitely a positive for me. I it, love it. It's it consumes so much of my life. You know, one of the things that I really like about it is is the majority of the gear that I've had or that I have, I've been playing it for decades. And, and what I like about it is the subtlety of experimenting with new things and new tunings and things inside of that mm -hmm. older gear. Because it's, it's no secret to anybody that's listening to this that you and I are massive Gretsch disciples. I've been playing Gretsch drums for almost 30 years, pretty much exclusively, right? right? But, man... Except the, for your Ricky Rock kit. What? What are you talking about? When we first met, you were you were like hardcore jazz, and you're like... Yeah, man, I got this. I got this Yamaha recording custom kit for my Ricky Rock gig. <laughs> I started laughing. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I'm his. I'm his. I'm his half talented cousin, John. Well, I, John I, Rock. I have. I have since gone to all Gretsch all the time for my Ricky Rock. Kit there you go. And my Johnny Jazz. Well, you've uh, grown kit. in more ways than one. You got that right. Uh, but yeah, the the subtleties of 
experimenting with with just different things inside of those parameters, just just different subtleties of even symbols inside of the same symbol company, even mm-hmm. inside of the same line, doing some different things with some muffling, doing some different things with some tuning. And I know that's one of the things, man, you are huge with, man. You, you love the concept of, of adapting gear and tuning for the room. Yeah, I, it's fortunate that I do love that because you know, with what I what I do, it's it's a a challenge often in that you just play such vastly different environments yeah. a lot in just the gigging world that I'm in, like and you're in as well. You know, it, there's a room that sounds like a million bucks, and the next one just couldn't be worse. Mm-hmm. That's from one night to the next. Matter of fact, this past weekend, I probably played in one of the best sounding venues. And then one of the worst sounding venues, mm-hmm. back to back, night one night after another, and I dig that challenge because I think I know most of the venues I play at now, so I can think about what I should bring that will be appropriate, how it's I can deliver the best sound for that either complementary environment or that challenging environment. I still love that to this day. Yeah, yeah, and it, and it's something that that I, I just I I never foresee going away just because sound man sound is that that's one of the most important things for me more than technique or anything else sound is like I, I'm obsessed with it one of my favorite things to do on a gig where I have to cover a large swath of different genres mm-hmm. is to bring a few different symbols and change them on the fly, man. I do it all the time, too. I mean, how much difference does it make when you're doing like a light dinner set jazz type thing to have the appropriate symbols, the appropriate ride, the appropriate hat, and then on a break be able to shift that thing over to something that you're going to use for a little bit more volume? Yep, I love it. There's nothing I hate more than playing. You're already on a larger kit, typically. Right. Mm -hmm. But, you know slinging through a bunch of standards with a you know more uh all-purpose ride symbol for lack of better terms medium mm-hmm. weight maybe and you're like it just is misery so i change out all the time i love that yeah it, it's one of those things also that that i've kind of coined a term as far as like you can make uh a great setting sound of drums sound like crap with inappropriate symbols yeah that's true but it's kind of converse the other way around. You can make a very average set or just a very kind of middle of the road sound, drum set sound like a million bucks with some really good sounding cymbals yeah. and, appro- and appropriate sounding cymbals for the genre that you're playing. You know, another thing about gear I like too is oftentimes for not a whole lot of money, you know, you can, someone will say, oh man, this new head that's out, it's incredible. And you can try it and it's like, it's not going to break the bank, but that's for me or it's not. Yep. You know, I love that kind of stuff. Like, oh, I respect his opinion. I'm going to check it out. And sometimes it, it's like I can't thank you enough for turning me on to this. And sometimes I'm like, are you mad at me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why would you tell me to use this piece of crap? But, yeah. but you know, subjective, clearly, as far as opinions go. But, man, I love that. Like, the the always on the quest for improving yeah. Me, I know for sure I am. I love it. That's a positive on every level for me. Also, while we're on the inexpensive, um, you know, tweak of gear, mm-hmm. also finding a new stick. 
Yeah. That's a tough one for me. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty, pretty happy where I'm at, but yeah, you know, you could find a new stick that might pull a little bit of a different vibe out of your, your playing, you know, and again, you know, you can't beat that for seven, eight bucks. That is always a, a more manageable price than twenty four hundred. <laughs> uh, yeah, and while we're talking about like subtleties and stuff, something that I know that both of us really enjoy is finding finding the nuance inside of music that we have to repetitively play. Mm-hmm. Because if you can figure out the nuance and the challenge of being able to play something consistently, to find a little new something inside of it to challenge yourself. Man, I love that little bit of nuance that you can find. Just something something even as simple as this. You've been playing a particular tune with a particular group for a few years, and you haven't heard the original for a little while, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, you're in the car, you hear the original, or you're at some venue and you hear the original playing through, and it's like, yeah, man, I didn't realize there's that little hi-hat opening thing that happens here. Or this is a little extra bass drum note that will really tie the tie the, the tune together. And then find that little subtlety and then put it in there, man. And it just, it again, it just kind of makes the tune new again. That's cool. I, I sort of, I sort of, I'm not terribly good at going back and, revisiting songs and correcting well see mine's my fisted approach as you would put it my mine is mine is by happenstance though because that's the thing i don't normally also go back it's just it's just you just run into it someday you run into that song playing through a you know playing through the radio i've had i've had thoughts of doing that (laughs) and they kind of stop there is this where the thought counts (laughs) thoughts count yeah that that song's feelings are a little less hurt right now (laughs) But uh, you know that that that's that some of that's how you're wired too. Like some people, are like I just can't get with that. It's not creative, and I, I'm not real hung up on that. I like I like that challenge of consistency thing, and, and you know you always try to have creative outlets so you can scratch that itch. But gig to gig, like a, a real steady gig, you have I love that. I really do love that challenge of like being as consistent as possible and i hope to god that people feel i do that because that that i kind of feel like i'm doing my job in 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 the right setting for that mindset you know that Mm -hmm. that's really how you need to be like the i think the best touring musicians get in that mode like you have to I, i i i'm in a instead of dreading or feeling i'm being you know shackled it's like, man, look, I can deliver this every night like like a pro's pro and just revel in that. Absolutely. I, 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 I'm, I'm lucky. I, I feel I'm lucky to have that mindset. You know, one of the things that I know that you're a big fan of, and it's part of this nuance of playing the same kind of music over and over again, is when you're performing, one of the things that we've talked about is really finding the flow and the consistency of our motions mm-hmm. whenever we play. The consistency of being able to you know, watching your hands, watching your feet, watching, you know, paying attention to the consistency of the motions. Because, you know, if, if you want to get to like a little bit of a mathematic formula, our motions 
equal what our time and feel is going to be. Most definitely. So yeah, finding that little bit of subtlety in that, man, that's a, that's a really cool thing. And I know you're big on that. I was the other night I had that a real challenging room, you know, just as about as drum friendly as there is in this town or drum unfriendly. I, I, I apologize. And I remember thinking about that. I was like, Oh, let me see. You know, try this grip, or try choking up, or try this, and and it and it and it. It was sort of like I was still kind of fishing for that magic thing, and then I kind of went back to that motion thing. Like, man, if something feels good, lock into that and just embrace and envelope yourself in that. And then I got through a couple of songs that could have been a real drag, mm-hmm. but I just found that little motion that and and approach that worked and and kind of reveled in that as opposed to oh yeah why am i in this room and why is he calling this tune and you know none of that's going to serve you well to be hung up on that shit that's true man and just as a side note i feel a lot of the same i feel a, a, a kinship to a lot of what you said from the standpoint of if i'm on a gig and i'm playing and if i feel like you know just the band is not quite together or I I feel a little un, inconfident or, or unconfident with yeah uh, you know with what I'm playing. Mm-hmm. The two things that I immediately go to every single time is breathe, make sure I'm breathing God, correctly, yes. and then the second thing is watching my motions, keeping the motions consistent. If you can keep your motions consistent and keep your breathing natural and man well, that that really helps a lot amen and and i think too uh along with the breathing part is are you tensing up physically yep and typically it goes hand in hand if you're not breathing you're probably tensing up on some level it's just sort of a natural reaction of a body like wait a minute why aren't you breathing you you know you're not thinking about the flow of your hi-hat yeah your brain's like i would you breathe please mm-hmm. you know so that that's good. I I caught myself a couple of times like that. Like, uh, d- drop your shoulders and relax. Yeah, because you know you're gonna run into challenges until the day you perish playing drums. It's just it it can be a challenging instrument physically. So being mindful of it is is a big big plus. One thing that we dedicated enti- an entire show to uh, that at one time I did not find the joy in it. As a matter of fact, found contempt in it, but <laughs> but now I do find the joy, not only the benefit, but the joy in it is preparing for gigs. And you and I were talking about that just five minutes prior to turning on this recorder because I'm subbing for you on a gig next week. And I was like, get me that set list. Mm-hmm. I need to prepare. Yeah, man. Um, I, uh, I, I absolutely love that. I just feel like as a person, as a player, I need it first and foremost, but instead of taking the, I, I will procrastinate on occasion. I'm, I'm guilty of that as far as preparing, but I never want to go in cold and I'll put in the time I got to put in, even if it means I didn't sleep like I should have the night prior. <laughs> but nonetheless, it, it it's something I've just learned to enjoy. And, you know, other people take notice of that. Of course they, they really do. do course they do i mean either by just flat out telling you or continuing to hire you those are two pretty good indications that your preparation is and again this comes back to the joys 
and what we like about our job. I like doing it I, because I, do I know on that gig it's going to make me way more comfortable. Why did I ever not enjoy it, John? Was it just the trappings of youth? It, it could have been the trappings of youth or the, the trappings of a misguided young <laughs> ego that you know, you know what I'm and, gonna... and also where your head was at the time yeah I'm, I'm a jazz player yeah there's more jazz players that are probably going to come in not i wouldn't say unprepared but willing and able to take the challenges of off the cuff things we'll call improvisatory. it improvisatory yeah the spirit of improvisation sometimes right, right. got in the way of preparation <laughs> yeah, yeah. phil this was a wedding gig where you were playing a bunch of pop songs yeah you're not improvising that's where the disconnect was that's true you know and that's something that thank god you learned to embrace and i i love that so awesome which which absolutely segues beautifully into the next point that you made which is being comfortable with yourself musically. God, well, what kind of joy and more importantly, freedom, man, do you have now from that? And it, me too. I mean, it is, uh, it, it is, it is beyond freedom for me. Just learning to embrace who you are and what you do and not putting the pressure on yourself to be something you have no. A, have no desire to be, but B, have no reason to be. Sounds like there's a, another not, another topic for a show in there, hint, well, hint. Well, yeah, yeah maybe, we'll, maybe we can do that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, look, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have designs on being Michelle Camillo's next drummer. Yeah. So why am I going to spend hours on end? You know, anyway, I really, I like where I'm at musically. On occasions, I'll beat myself up or... You know, be less than positive about my playing, but that's just the nature of the beast. But in general, yeah, man, embracing who you are is something that is certainly going to help in the proverbial love of your job and love of what you're doing. You know, one of the things I feel like made me love my job significantly more than I did in the past was once I came to that realization that look I don't I don't necessarily want to be nor am I going to be Jack DeJohnette or Tony Williams or Elvin Jones or for that much Steve Gadd or anybody else like that is when you learn what you really want to do and you then you realize that hey I can actually do this and have some success with it Man, a few of the things that I realized that was uniquely me was, one, I discovered, man, I like to teach. Awesome. You know what I mean? I, I like to teach. I've got something to say. I've had some really good teachers in the past that that showed me the value of being a teacher and how you can, you know, help shape someone you know, into a, a job, into a, into a field that they would never have the opportunity to do unless they ran into these teachers. That's a very appealing thing to me. That's cool. And and something that just was a natural offshoot of that was, you know, I've written quite a bit of stuff too. Not not composing music, but writing articles and writing different things that I've had published before. Man, I really enjoy doing that. I really do. There's something I don't know what it is about that. 
but I really enjoy it. And so that's something I find just a tremendous amount of joy in. And then naturally that kind of segues into what we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. Doing this show. Did you, come on, John, admit, did you ever know, feel like you were going to have as much fun as you, you have doing this thing? I, I, yeah, honestly, I, I knew I'd have fun doing it. I mean, I've been doing this for 30 years and I love it. Yeah. You know, talking, talking drums with the pals, you know? So I, I think, I think some, some, uh, perks that I didn't foresee were some self-realization yeah uh some priorities and 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 more importantly i like you know continuing to continuing to embrace others on a just a genuine level i mean i mean everybody we've talked to yeah and you know all this all this you know i i really truly i'm I'm just fans of theirs and and want success for them to continue you know, I love that. I love that. But um, one and another thing that you, I, I'm just stacking up these positives for you personally, <laughs> like the teaching thing. I mean, I will never ever be a threat to you in that. That's something you could wake up every day and say, "Thank you, God, for not letting John be interested in teaching and not taking any of my potential students away." See, I mean, man, we're just this is this is fantastic you're a minch john am i am i not i mean come on man <laughs> i mean think about I, the 11 percent of your students <laughs> who wouldn't be interested in proving but want to hang out with some yeah. guy you know that you know likes baseball well i like baseball too <laughs> oh, you do? oh crap. okay now yeah. now you're taking now you're taking away my business yeah, well no and uh whatever man that I, I love that you love teaching. You know, that's just another thing in your life that can bring you joy. We can't have enough of that. If you are approached in your life by these teachers that make such an impact on to on you and they show you how it's done, that's that's how I came came to it. You know? That's exactly how I came to it. And and to a lesser extent, I'll tell you something else that I really enjoy doing that, again, it's just a, it's a, a bit of an offshoot from the performing thing. I love the geeky research portion of like teaching. In other words, like, man, I'm going to dig into this and I'm going to look into this and I'm going to figure out how people do this and how they teach it and stuff. That's one of the reasons if we want to talk about Jack Bell, mm -hmm. when we got to part two of the show, I was so fascinated with the technical aspect of like, Jack, show us how you, you know, interpret this stuff inside of Wilcox and show us how you do that. I love that kind of stuff. I really do. I like the, the nuts and bolts. You know what I loved about that? This dude's sitting at my table. Yeah. Awkwardly reaching over here and his elbows hitting the table. And that's like the most inappropriate position and mm -hmm. setting. Mm-hmm in order to show somebody something on this practice pad and just ripping it out like it's nothing. I'm just like, heaven forbid he's standing there playing that snare drum. It would be, somehow it's gonna be better than what just happened. That was mind blowing to me. Jack is 74 going on puberty. <laughs> he's got more, touching that he's one. got more energy than both of us combined. <laughs> yeah, John. I'll say. 
And then, you know, to wrap up this little thing about just the, the musical reasons is there are times when we perform, whether it be in studio or live, or even to some extent in practice, mm-hmm. where it's just magic, it's effortless. Just in the zone and... Effortless. I love it. Yeah, especially gigs, man, because so many variables can make that mm-hmm. impossible. And when it happens, it's just... You're kind of reminded, as we're sort of trying to do today, you're reminded of you know, what, what it is that is so appealing about our career choice and those moments where your hair's standing on the back of it and you feel like you could play anything Mm-hmm. And everything is just like that click is following you. Yep. Effortless. You know, and the, don't even hear that thing. Don't even hear it. Just, somebody on stage might actually hear you right mm-hmm. now and they're actually trying to play with you. I mean that, you know, I've heard about that. But uh I mean that stuff is you're right, man. That, that there's nothing that can replace that. Yeah. Feeling that there's there's feelings I've had so many times where it's just like oh I could do I could play for the next six hours yep yep just effortless don't even get tired don't even think about it just no. sit and play it's just the notes just happen how could we bottle that mm-hmm. yeah I think everybody's on that quest though because I, I I'm going to venture a guess that virtually everybody who's listening to this show right now has had that feeling before and if you haven't boy I feel bad for you. You know, hopefully you will get it. But, yeah, try to bottle that thing up and sell it, man. You'd be a millionaire overnight. That'd be amazing. Yeah. I'd probably keep it all in that selfish. I need it. I've got 74 cases of this, but I'm just in case I'm going to keep it in my garage. What if I told you you could get out of debt? <laughs> I don't know, man. I still might selfishly keep it. <laughs> Well, talking about selfish stuff, I think that the next thing, and it's not all selfish, I think the next topic we need to talk about are our personal reasons, and and there are some things in here that, that I want to try to frame very carefully, Okay, uh, you know, just from the standpoint that people don't look at it and, and listen to it and think, oh, these guys are just being jackasses now about this kind of thing, because th- there, are, there are some very personal reasons for this, but I think, again, a lot of it's going to resonate with people as well. And, I would hope so. Yeah. The, the first thing I want to talk about and again i want to be a little careful about this one but you and i in particular we are very fortunate to be working with several different groups of people that we either play with live or record or go on the road with that straight up honestly treat us very well financially Mm -hmm. and boy i would be remiss if i didn't come right out and say that something that I'm very happy about and have a lot of, it brings me a lot of pride also that the rate of pay for the amount of time on certain gigs is, uh, shall we say, more than gratifying. And I'll leave it at that. If you really think of, like, I'll, I'll, my wife is a perfect example. She works endless hours. And, you know, sometimes I don't. And sometimes our pay is kind of similar, yeah. which is, you know, I mean, she doesn't get terribly upset about it because it served our lives so well. Yeah. You know, like in raising our son, there was a number of years where I was able to make a 
significant amount of money in a short amount of time and be dedicated to all the trappings of, you know, the parent at home yeah. and allowed her to continue to work whatever hour she needed to do. But man, I mean that, you know, that, that, that in itself is such a perk in that, Hey, in this season, I need to work a little less, but fortunately I have opportunities yeah. where you sometimes in 24 it. hours mm -hmm. I'd make what the average person makes working all week. Right. And man, that, I don't say that to brag because I'd like to be working more per, you know, personally, I'd love to work more, but it is what it is. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't the nature of the beast, but nonetheless, um, I, I really, I say that just to say, man, I'm lucky because of what it allows us to do and to have at, you know, the benefit of our son. Right. And, and that is, that actually ties in to the next thing. And that is the amount of free time we have a lot of times, especially daytime free time, because, you know, the majority of our work a lot of times we'll start in the afternoons and go through the night. Sometimes mm -hmm. we have sessions in the morning and that type thing. But the majority of the time, our live work in particular is going to start encompassing late afternoons up into the evenings, that Weekends. sort of thing. And boy, think about just all the different things that it allows you to do. Of course, you've got naturally family time, the ability if you've got kids to take kids to school. Love it. Pick them up from school. During the summers, you got you got all day that you can spend with them, which sometimes, John, that can be the Achilles heel of having the days off. I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Of course not. Oh, wait. Yes, I do. Do you want me to sing that Alice Cooper song again? No, no, let's not do that. <laughs> and then I'm you... still buzzing that school's back in, if anyone's yeah. wondering. And then you've I'm got... callous. Th think about how much stuff that we can do, errand-wise that most other people who have the proverbial square gig has to lump all in on a weekend where, when everybody else is doing it also exactly. that has the square gigs. I mean, go get a haircut on Tuesday at 11 p.m. and then go get a haircut on Saturday at 10 a.m. Point made. Same thing. You say you can say the same thing with like an oil change, right? Groceries, everything. Yeah, man. I, I, I have... It, it really whacks me out when I end up having to try to accomplish something at that inopportune time when everyone else is doing it. You know, I don't have a lot of patience for that. That's kind of like traffic. You know, we always go against the grain yeah. typically. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I had to do that every day, I don't that would I probably wouldn't fare too well. But rarely do we get caught in, you know, the daily right dirge that is traffic going home and, and in this town that's something that i i cannot be thankful enough for again listeners have heard us bemoan the traffic in this town before but to to give you just a very simple and quick example wouldn't you think john that probably 50 percent of the workforce in atlanta deals with an hour to an hour and a half coming to work and an hour to an hour and a half going home from work five days a week yeah there's no there's there's no doubt that i, I would venture to guess more than 50 percent. yeah so of the nine to five type job it's unbelievable yeah the commuting is is the proverbial time vampire for sure uh and, and then facebook 
<laughs> oh, sorry, I got off topic. And then if we want to get to like our like our little personal things as well, if you want to get past the errands, so another thing that you and I are talking about is just how about the flexibility of being able to call each other up and go to lunch? Love it. I just did it yesterday. There you go. Out of the blue. There you go. Let's hang. I love that. And then we get to sit down for two hours, mind yeah. you, mm-hmm. and talk about all kinds of fun stuff. Sure. And then and then you've also got the other things if you want to talk about music, musical stuff as well. You get to practice during the day, too, if you want to. You do that a lot, John? Moving on. This isn't a comedy show. <laughs> you know, another Smart thing. Smart ass. I thought of something else. I thought of something else. I'm going to practice my... <laughs> Tempered responses here is what I'm going to practice. Oh, wait a minute. Hang on. I, I thought I thought you said I'm okay, Spider. I thought you said I'm okay. What? I'm what? Not, just, just, just move on. <laughs> practice. You know, you were talking about doing these things on the weekend and having to deal with everybody. I just thought of something else. This is another one of my things. It's like, I can go if I want to, John, and no reflection, no reflection, man. I can go to the gym at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And have pretty, so can I. Yeah, and pretty much have the entire de- entire gym to myself. Try that at six o'clock at night. <laughs> you know, at six thirty. Nah. Yeah. Well, that's. I'm glad you're going to the gym, man. Eh, well, you know, I do it every now and then. We like to bemoan travel, but I do want to say this: I've seen the world for free, sir. Man, I. Anytime I get worked up about that I, I remind myself of that and this you're, you're adding that to the outline just resonated with me so much the the opportunities and experience that probably wouldn't happen otherwise yeah be and honest you know here's a here's a cool little thing also man that i've done before and i bet you've done the same thing also how many times have you been on the road and you go somewhere and you're in a city or you're in a place and you're there just for one day maybe not even maybe a half a day you know, and then you got to do the gig, and then you're gone. I've been in places like that where after I get home, I'll go back and take a vacation in a place like that. And I would have never known about that place or never thought that it would have been quite as cool. And then you go back. Yeah, man. So another, just a little cool perk. I'm trying to think of last one. I, I think Tybee Island was one I did not long mm-hmm. ago, like a while ago, and I'd never been there. I was like, Man, this has a totally different vibe than a lot of these island communities on the it east does. coast. Kind of a little more hippie-ish or organic or something. It was a cool, yeah. And so we wanted to go back. Yeah, absolutely. Now, here's here's another one of these things that I want to be careful about the way that I say it because I don't want to make it sound like that that you know this is some kind of a an Illuminati sort of type thing. But there is an exclusiveness to being in the business that we're in that is very cool. And what I mean by that is, of course, we have the fraternal order of drummers, right? Where we're the this best. greasy clan of dudes that like to, to hang out. But also, there's this exclusiveness of being on this side of the business, the performer side of the business, that 99% of the rest of the public never sees, mm-hmm. okay? And never, they, they let's say they even romanticize it to some part. Now, we know, we know the, the actuality that there's just as much of the, the uh, 
grunt work side of it, but there is the exclusiveness side of it as well that we like of where we're behind the velvet rope a lot of times. That's true. And with that comes some of these perks that we have of knowing all these wonderful people that we know. Mm -hmm. Just these comrades that we have that play in different groups and that tour with different people. And like we talked about at the beginning of the show, we get to meet these new people all the time. And sure enough, you find yourself backstage. You find yourself with complimentary tickets to that. You find yourself playing a venue or visiting a new venue that that nobody else would ever get to see. You get to see the backstages of these. You get to see the back behind the scenes of these different things. And that's a really cool perk to our gig, man. It really is. I agree. I think, you know, there's that age old, oh, no one sees the real unglamorous part of our business like loading in and setting up and tearing yeah. down and all that. but i, I kind of feel like that kind of pales in comparison to like the experiences we've had on the opposite end of like you said exclusive sort of things and perks and and opportunities i i'd, I'd gladly continue to do the quote unquote unglamorous part mm-hmm. of my gig to continue to get access and and get perks and you know have the opportunity to meet people and see things from the inside I, I love that how cool is it when you get to play certain venues and like to give you and this one this is a very geeky thing on my part because I'm a sports fan but you're a sports fan also you get to a little you get to play a venue and then all of a sudden you're walking by the New Orleans Pelicans dressing room. You know what I mean? Or even changing it. Right, exactly. That sort of thing. You are you are in, you know, the locker room of the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know, that sort of it's just it's that's just a cool thing. It really is. I and it I think it was Phillips Arena one day. We played yeah. a gig there and our green room was a visiting locker room. Right. Clubhouse room. It was incredible. Yeah, <laughs> I know. one of the nicest green rooms I've ever been in. That's yeah. a visitor's team. I, I actually got to sit in the dental chair that was uh, installed at Phillips Arena when the, <laughs> when the Thrashers were there. R.I.P. Thrash Blue Land Nation. Man. Don't they, get Lord me started. Lord knows they needed a dental chair. That's yeah, for sure. That's for sure. But, yeah, it's just those little perks like that. A lot of times we either take for granted, you know, or, or sometimes, you know, you just kind of forget about them. But, boy, that is just so cool when no you do that. And, and just also, what about just the green rooms? When you walk in there, you will go into the green, green room, and it's like, you know, Bob Dylan signed the wall, <laughs> you know. And, then, uh, it's, and there's donuts. That's true. Remind me to tell you about the time that we invaded Dennis Quaid's uh, green room quite accidentally. Shame on you. Yeah. And then, John, to put a little button on this thing, what about just the simple joy of playing your instrument and making a living doing it? Just shock yourself from time to time and think about that. You know, it's funny. It's hard for me to think about that sometimes because I literally feel like since I was eight years old that this is what I'm going to do. I can't, you know, 
and and it just seems like such a natural extension that sometimes I have to stop and and think, you know, man, it's awesome. I get to do this and make a living doing it. And I think in my mind, it's always just been like, well, of course, that's what I do. That's what I I knew I was going to do since I could, you know, hold a drumstick. But it's awesome. It is. It's awesome. And, and much less thinking about when you are performing for any type of crowd that hopefully you are bringing some joy to their lives. Yeah. Yeah, that that we lose sight of that sometimes. Absolutely, right? we do. But I, I I will say this, you know, if you have the opportunity to make a living doing what you love, is it always going to be perfect? No. Are there going to be situations that are less than ideal? Yes. That's like anything in life. Yeah. But man, it it it's good on occasion to do what we're doing and be like, hey, a lot of good stuff comes from the sacrifices we may have made or the challenges we may have had because in a lot of ways we have a less we have less challenges and less sacrifices than a lot of people yeah that's exactly right you know we we bemoan this and that or you know dread this or that or we you know woe is me mindset sometimes overtakes us but Man, it's it, it, I, 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 if I did a nine to five job, I'd be just I would be beside myself with misery. I, I, I know myself well enough. I can't do it. No. So so thank God that this scenario was in the big picture of my life. I, I completely agree. And I, I always tell myself that as well from the standpoint when when you get compliments from um, audience members or, or other musicians or people who come up and just want to thank you for doing what, what you do. Don't take that lightly. No. Learn to appreciate that and then be very gracious. And again, man, this is not us just being like, we're not Tony Robbins and you here. Right. This is, I, you know very well, I've had some days that have been a real challenge in recent weeks you know mm -hmm. as far as career and as far as a lot of things but it'd be a lot darker if i wasn't doing what i do i used to have a student who now is performing for a living and he used to he used to tell me he would go i don't care what happens on this gig it's better than standing waist deep in a ditch because he used to actually work <clears throat> for like a county maintenance crew mm -hmm. and that used to deal with that kind of stuff where he would be doing a lot of manual labor. So that, that puts it in perspective or as uh spinal tap would say too much perspective. You know what? I had a job once that gave me a lot of perspective. Yeah. I was in charge of this crew of teenagers. Wow. I already don't like it. Yeah. And we were basically like, it was through the park district and we'd go around and, just do whatever, you know, line a baseball diamond, pick up some trash, you know, rebuild that door and the hinge on that door, like just maintenance and yeah. handyman stuff a lot of times. And there's these underprivileged kids that they were programmed. So I got to head up one and we had a van and we go around and man, somehow we got roped into painting a chain link fence with aluminum paint around a golf course, 95 degrees. You had to be covered from head to toe because this paint was 
toxic. Yeah. So I mean, two week, you know, two weeks of this, man. Three days in, you look like the Tin Man from freaking Wizard of Oz. You're covered in this. It's ninety five degrees. You're like sweating profusely because you have long sleeves and gloves and jeans and 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 I I almost think like. When it's really, really bad, I think back to those two <laughs> weeks and I kind of get through things. There's your perspective. Boy, people do that all the time. Woo. Well, John, let's finish up. Let's do our uh, segment for the week, and it's one that's been a long time since we've done one. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're going to do our gear recommendations segment. Uh, you want to go first or you want me to go first? What you got? I cannot. And I'm just talking from experience. I can't recommend buying an iPad and embracing all that is filing charts, PDFs, all that, scanning things in and doing it. It has made my life so much easier on so many levels. John, you make your life even easier? Learn a notation program and throw away the scanner. No. (laughs) <laughs> but the you next do. thing you'll ask me to do is like learn to record with a microphone so I don't have to drive an hour and a half and bitch about it. I'm old school, man. Look, I mean, whatever. However your approach is. John Analog Chalden. You're not, you're not, you know, you're not bringing, you know, I don't have to bring a, a music stand, which is bigger than an iPad. I don't have to worry about flipping pages and them tearing up and being marked up and about, it's all right there multiple artists I played with. I have files upon files of charts in their own folders. I can create set lists where I'm not undoing the three ring binder and removing these charts in order. If there's a change, I just move back. There's a list of songs. I hit it. It opens up. If it's two pages, I swipe. I can't, I can't, recommend enough as as an analog stuck in the mud old bastard at least buy an ipad and start managing your music and your notes and all that it has made preparing for repeat gigs about as easy as it comes it's made my stress level go way down and i'm just like even if it's just like I might not even look at it all the time, but it's there. I'm comfortable. It's awesome, man. Do it. John, that might be the most passionate and fired up I've ever seen you, and it's even gotten to the point to where I think I might do the same thing now. That's pretty impressive, dude. You know, every once in a while, I'll get excited about something. It won't last probably, but enjoy it and embrace it. I'm seriously thinking about doing that. Now. It's incredible, man. It's good stuff. It sounds like the, it. the the shackles of paper have been released from you. I absolutely despise the shackles of paper I dealt with forever. Yeah. Sure. I'm still shackled, man, but I'm I'm starting to get fired up. It it blows my mind. If ever there was the definition of the dark age, it's me and I'm yeah. telling you to embrace technology. Come on, man. Well, I'm going to do some technology. And the technology is actually right in front of your face. Helping this to be (laughs) available to you, good listeners. Yes. Uh, The piece of gear I want to talk about is 
useful in so many different ways aside from making John go to sleep. Uh, the, the piece of gear uh, that I'm going to talk about, you're actually listening. You're soaking in it right now. You're That's listening you right said, now. Huh? Yeah. Um, since we've been recording this show, I purchased a little piece of gear uh, that is an audio interface. It is made by the Behringer Company, and it is called the Euphoria 404 HD, and it costs a whopping $100. This is is the little piece of gear, the little audio interface and set of mic pre's that has recorded every single show that you have ever heard. It has gone on the road with us. We've taken it to, it's been on tour buses, green rooms, been in factories. It has been everywhere you can think of. And it has never let us down. And for a hundred bucks, I I don't know if you're going to find anything that is uh, quite this good. And I just want to describe it to everybody really quickly. Uh, again, it's a Behringer piece of gear, but it has Midas preamps for the mic pre's. They're really super hot, good-sounding, warm preamps. And they have enough power in them to power this microphone that I'm speaking in right now without any kind of a cloud lifter. And that microphone is a Shure SM7B. That microphone traditionally needs some type of, of an extra preamp to go before it goes into a mic pre to give it a little bit more oomph. But this little sucker that we're recording into right now has got enough power to power it without having to have any type uh, of extra cloud lifter on top of it couple of other things that are really unique about this especially again for the price this thing has four ins and four outs it will take you the four xlrs or four uh quarter inch uh inputs and it will record four tracks simultaneously onto four separate tracks in other words it's not like some of the other four track machines out there that it'll have four separate microphones but it'll record all on one track not so with this one this one has four separate tracks that it will record to. It also it's uh, powered by uh, both wall outlet that comes with an adapter, and it also will just power straight into your laptop via USB, which is what what we've always done with it as well. It's got really nice headphone monitoring. John and I both wear headphones, and when we uh, record the show, and um, it could not be easier to use. It comes with software, you load it onto your computer, you plug in your interface, and it just takes care of itself from there on out. The only other thing you have to do is inside of your digital audio workstation, choose the, the correct audio driver that it installed on your computer, and that's it. I mean, it is simplicity at its finest. So far, it's been bulletproof. Like I said, John and I have taken this little piece all over the place to record and it's just been fantastic super easy setup it's got midi ports in and out and if you want to be the ultimate badass you could get two of them slave those things together and record an entire drum kit with eight dedicated microphones for 200 bucks not bad there john i like it you got anything you want you want to put a button on this thing john um i uh would be remiss if I didn't thank Phil Ooh. for all the work he does on this show. Whoa! Because, uh, I, and well, this is that why I love my job day. You know, Come like, on, man! All right. You know why I love doing this podcast? Hang on, let me get, let me get my pod, let me get my popcorn and sit over here. Okay, go. You ready? 
I love this podcast because Phil does all the work. <laughs> all of it. <laughs> Except editing out my <laughs> run-on sentences and mispronunciations and trailing thoughts. We keep but it. We'll, we'll work on that. We keep it real here at DWG. Amen. I know someone asked me about editing and, yeah. and such, and I was like, what are you talking uh, about? <laughs> I think we stopped the tape player once or the recording once. And I think it was, wasn't it because it, well, I think, no, we did it twice. We stopped it twice. One, one was because uh, in the John DeChristopher interview, I ended up uh, recording over <laughs> something we had already recorded. And I think another one was we got about 30 seconds into it and I hadn't enabled the channels to recording. So we, we weren't, we weren't recording anything. Well, there might be three. Yeah. Cause I remember I got, 30 seconds into an intro and said, turn it off. Yeah, well. It's all Thanks, good. Phil. Oh, you're welcome, man. We all appreciate you. Well, we appreciate... Ex- unless you're... What? A cranky guy in some faraway country. <laughs> oh, hey. Step back from the ledge there, man. That that no, took I'm, care... I'm, it took care of itself. I said we all and I needed to correct myself. Our, our listeners... God bless them. Self-police this show, man, which we appreciate, man. Yeah. It's a self-policing podcast. Uh, that's awesome. I, I know. Well, I, I want to go ahead and throw out mad thanks to our listeners as well. We do appreciate you guys. We appreciate you. Everything you do for us, we appreciate you listening. We appreciate you giving the reviews. We appreciate you putting things on social media, retweeting things, following us, sharing the show. We really do appreciate it. As always, Continue to stay in touch with us. You can reach us through email. We're at drummersweeklygroovecast at gmail.com. Interact with us on social media. We're at facebook.com forward slash drummersweeklygroovecast. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at dwgroovecast or twitter.com forward slash dwgroovecast. And again, if you want to leave us a review, it helps us so much. We really do appreciate it. Next time you're in iTunes, go over to our page, our Drummer's Weekly Groovecast page, where we host all of our shows. Leave us a short written review. Click those five stars. It really does help us, we, and we just appreciate it to no end. We are climbing up in the ranks. We are one of the most listened to drumming podcasts out there. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. John, you got anything else you want to say to the good folks? We love you, Australia. All right, until next week, we'll see you then. Peace. Bye.